1: Montana's only daily sports talk show. No is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into On is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're having a great week. Can't believe it's flying by as it always does. But I'm so excited for the upcoming, not just weekend, but weekends that we are about to have. We are going to be On the ground, live and in person for pretty much every single Big Sky Conference premier game over the next five or six weeks. And it's going to be a pretty awesome time. We'll have boots on the ground for both Montana and Montana State games, period, across the board. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of traveling here these next five or six weeks. So certainly an exciting time of year. I had a heck of a night last night at the Macklemore concert. We'll get to that here in a little while. But first, got to get to some guests we know about the primetime, we know about all the games that are coming up in the Big Sky Conference, but we've talked a fair amount already about the the big-time game on ESPN2 on Saturday night at the Kibbe Dome, Moscow, Idaho, uh, University of Idaho hosting Montana. We want some coverage leading up to the Montana State game against Cal Poly as well. So we'll get things started with Eric Myers, the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator there at Cal Poly. Uh, most Big Sky Conference followers and fans probably most remember him for his outstanding record-setting career uh, at Eastern Washington, one of the great quarterbacks to ever play in the Big Sky Conference. A lot of his records still stand uh, as as uh, records at both Eastern and in the Big Sky. So Eric Meyer will join us here uh, in just a minute. Paul Wolf, also the head coach of Cal Poly, he'll also join us. Uh, we... Uh, We Some stuff that got moved around, but here we are. So we're just going to talk Cal Poly, Montana State for the whole first segment here with both Eric Meyer and uh, Paul Wolf. We'll also hear from Chris Chitavitsky, the Grizz soccer coach. Uh, Grizz soccer's rolling right now. We'll also talk some Major League Baseball playoffs. We'll also hear from Jason Eck, the head coach of Idaho, in the second hour. We'll also guess some NFL betting lines and talk our way around the National Football League as yet another exciting week begins tonight. Um with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Denver Broncos. There you go, it's your uh, show outlook. If you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live, and there's the stream. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go right now. And welcome in Mr. Meyer, Eric Meyer, the uh, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach there at Cal Poly. Coach, thanks so much for being with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I I wanted to talk to you for a variety of reasons because I do think there's so many fascinating things and storylines coming out of Cal Poly right now. Uh, So to start with the big picture, Uh, you, Coach Wolf, several of the other guys on the staff, you've been there for a little while. I came there with Coach Bo Baldwin and uh, then when Coach Bo uh, went to Arizona State, you guys remained there in San Luis Obispo and certainly uh, one of the most challenging rebuilds that i've seen in the big sky conference going from not only a triple option offense but also a flex defense for years and years and years to now uh, trying to play a little bit more traditional schematically on both sides of the ball so uh, what do you think of the challenge and uh, how challenging is it to sort of do this wholesale overhaul there at Cal Poly
2: oh we uh, you know we we absolutely love the challenge and uh, yeah it, it it has been a challenge over the few years and you know obviously covid uh covid uh didn't play a great part in the in the in the part of the rebuild and i know covid affected a lot of people but um yeah when we first got here obviously tried, just trying to build the relationships with the players uh the camaraderie um you know the things that uh, obviously go in uh into building those things so we uh a little tough at first but uh you know you know we're uh you know we're past that part and then uh, it's it's been it's been it's been really good as far as the, the Um, the rebuild and getting these kids rolling and and you know cal poly has a lot a lot of phenomenal uh, student athletes so it's been a it's been a privilege to work with a lot of these kids because again very intelligent very smart Um, you know obviously we got to translate a lot of that uh, a lot of that to the field as well
0: well you were a part of uh, sort of the 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 scale there at eastern washington when you were a player eastern was a solid big sky program under dick zorns and then knocking on the door of a big sky elite when Mike Kramer was there, but then when Coach Wolf took over and you're playing there, uh, you guys kicked down the door and became big sky champions and, and perennial playoff contenders and, and that certainly remained at Eastern Washington ever since then. So I mean just compare and contrast. What was it like back then and can you translate any of that stuff, any of those experiences to right now? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean uh I remember going into that uh two thousand four season it would have been my going into my junior years uh you know when we we uh obviously you have the chance to, to, to play for a big sky title, you know, we were, we were successful that year. But um you know, it it was a lot of tribute to, to Coach Wolf and that coaching style, obviously Bo Baldwin being there and, and him having a successful career as well. But you know, when you get when you're a player and you play for for guys like that, it, it it makes all the difference in the world. And you know, that's what we're trying to do here is again build those build those relationships with the players and build these uh you know the the atmosphere where these kids have a you know a home away from home. Um, you know I I, I uh, contribute a lot of my success obviously to to the guys I played for. You know Coach Wolf and Coach Baldwin had a had a, a strategy and had a, a, a style where you just as a player just wanted to play for those guys and it wasn't out of fear it was out of you didn't want to let them down. So I, I remember as a player and a lot of our guys on that team, we did everything we could from, from January 1st all the way to our last game, that whole calendar year of, of preparing and working and, again, doing everything we could not to let those guys down because that's how much we cared for them. So that's what we're going to get. We're in the process of, uh, of building here, and we're, and we're definitely on the right track. So, it's uh, like I said, it's been challenging, but it's been fun. It's been a heck of a challenge, and we're, you know, we're excited for the, the future here at Cal Poly with so a lot of the a lot of the the new things coming with uh, with all that as well.
0: Eric Meyer, Cal Poly uh, quarterback coach, uh, here on is now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Cal Poly at Montana State. Uh, Eric also a, a recognizable name from around the Big Sky Conference for his outstanding career uh, at Eastern Washington, the Walter Payton Award winner uh, in 2005 and a multiple time Big Sky Conference uh, player of the year there during his time at EWU. Um yeah, there are there's some common factors there right I mean coach Wolf coach Baldwin yourself there's a lot of guys on this staff at Cal Poly with big Sky ties obviously the situations are similar in certain ways but different in completely other ways right I mean San Luis Obispo and Cheney they're pretty different places the way you can recruit all that <laughs> stuff so um I mean what what's what from the blueprint that you guys learned and had so much success at Eastern Washington can you translate to Cal Poly and what maybe isn't translatable and you have to find new strategies for?
2: Um, well, one of the relatable things, kind of like I said, was is is having uh, building a relationship with these players. You know, back when uh, you know when I when I played for for Coach Wolf and Coach Baldwin, you know, it was such a a, a fun environment, and not only not only on the field but off the field. Um, as a Cal Poly staff, we talk about building relationships and and building uh, not just relationships with these kids for four years, but four years for the next forty. And that's a, that's, you know, that's what I'll always take from my experience in Eastern Washington playing for Coach Baldwin, you know, playing for Coach Wolf. And that was back in, uh, I remember Coach Wolf coming to my high school back in 2000. So you talk about 23 years ago. I go there, I play for Coach Wolf. Um, after I graduate, me and Coach Wolf and Coach Baldwin, we were really good friends after I played. You know, then I had a chance to work with, uh, work with Coach Wolf. Uh, as a colleague when he was the old line coach run game coordinator here and not, now back to being the head coach and working for him. And one thing I'll say about Coach Wolf and, and Coach Baldwin is w- when they're the head coach, when they're the assistant coach or they're outside of football they're the same person 24-7. So there's no there's no uh, um, stigma of these guys being coaches and then their sales no, these are phenomenal people that I have the chance to, to be friends with, to work with and work for. So that's that's definitely the common factor as far as building this thing here at Cal Poly. And, and again, it's it's building those relationships with these kids, you know, coming away from home for the first time, but not only uh, transitioning into the college life, but, again, transitioning into football. And it's our job when those kids get here to become better men that's the day that they leave.
0: Well, it's, a, it's an awesome thing to hear. It's what college football uh, is and should be uh, all about. Let's talk just about the Big Sky Conference then. As somebody that's been in and around it for so long, how have you seen it evolve? How have you seen it change?
2: Obviously, evolving with a lot more teams now involved. I think when I played, there's about seven of us uh, in the Big Sky, um, and and now now being a part of this for the last three years, as far as coaching in this conference, I mean, it's every week is is a is a battle. Every team can win. Every team is good. So there's no there's no gimme week, um, which makes it a lot of fun. So every every week, as far as a coach. No you', know, you got to be on your A game, and you got to do everything you can to prepare these uh, prepare your kids for 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 each Saturday because like I said, there's no gimme weeks, not in the big sky, which I love and and it's just so competitive and and shoot man. I think we would have got six or seven teams in the top twenty top twenty five and that's just awesome for the conference and it's awesome to go against and have those challenges uh week in and week out.
0: Eric Meyer here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator there at Cal Poly. The Mustangs in Bozeman at Montana State on Saturday evening, 6 p.m. kick from Bobcat Stadium. Uh, that brings me full circle, coach. And then wanted to ask you about this week's opponent. First of all, big picture. What have you thought of just the way the Bobcats have have built this and grown? Because they were certainly competitive when you were in college, but now certainly nationally elite, the defending Big Sky Conference champions and the second-ranked team in the FCS. So uh, what have you thought of just the evolution of Montana State and the way they they maybe changed uh, since you were a player?
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, back back in the day, they've always had a they've always had a solid program. And what what coach has done there now, obviously, take them to from a solid program to an elite program. It's been it's been really exciting to see. You know, uh, like I said, you know, I, I love love the Big Sky Conference play. Always rooting for Big Sky teams. But uh, yeah, just just their evolved uh, their evolution the last few years has been really phenomenal. You know, that the coach has done done a really good job. Uh, and you got a You got a team up there that. Uh, has played together for a little bit now, and, and they're kind of hitting on all cylinders. So it's going to be a good challenge for us and be a good challenge to see where we're at as well. So, you know, we're excited for this weekend and excited to play against the number two team in the in the country.
0: Well, Montesse is certainly stout defensively, particularly up front and in the secondary. That's a pretty good combination to have usually uh, for a college football team. So what do you see in the uh, the Bobcat defense when you, you analyze it and where do you think maybe you guys can make some hay?
2: yeah yeah no, I think you kind of hit it on the head. they're very, They're very stout up front and they do, they, do, they do a good job as far as defense uh, schematics, and uh you know they, they play hard. You know, you get the ball kind of anywhere up the, up the middle on the perimeter outside. They just' they're a team that swarms and they, and they play hard. So you know they've done a really good job there as far as getting those guys to play, but it's uh, like I said, it's going to be exciting, and, and we're looking forward for the opportunity. But again, a really solid defense, uh, probably one of the better uh, defenses I've seen in the big Sky Conference.
0: Well, last thing for you, then, I wanted to ask you just about your quarterback room. You bring in a big time guy, and Sam Heward, one of the highest rated recruits in Big Sky Conference history, former five star guy, transfers in from Washington. I know he's gone through some stuff. Coach Wolf talks about that. We'll we'll hear from Paul here in just a minute. But Bo Kelly filling in, and he's looked like he's made some strides, and I think he's he's looking pretty good as a young guy there under center. So. Uh, what's it been like kind of balancing those two? and and what have you thought to some of your quarterbacks ability to to soak things in and and uh, sort of improve so far this year?,
2: No, they, they've done a really good job and and what I'm most proud of uh, with those guys in that room, you know, the six guys in there is that they're 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 close off the field as well. so they they come they come each meeting, uh, film room, practice to compete against each other. But uh, they've done a really good job as far as having that camaraderie and that friendship in that room outside, outside of the football lines, which has been phenomenal to work with. Um, again, it's got probably four quarterbacks right now that could, that could start at a lot of places. So it's, uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge to handle that because, again, you've got four quarterbacks that could play. Only, only one gets to play on Saturday for the most part. But um, as far as Sam coming in, again, uh, uh, obviously a, a high, highly recruited player. That uh, doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt, but coming here in the spring and then going through fall camp and in, in a few of the games, obviously before the injury, you know he's he's ha- has looked looked really good and, and has taken strides as far as um, up in his game. And as far as Bo Kelly, you know been been really been really happy with Bo Kelly. The thing with Bo Kelly that we've been most impressed about is that each week he's getting better. You know he's only 19 years old. He's still a redshirt freshman, so he just had his second start ever uh, last week. But uh, the, the strides he continues uh, continues to make week in and week out is, is what's most impressive about him. Uh, even this week, coming in after that loss last week, coming into practice, this has probably been his best week of practice since he's been here. So, you know, good job by him and, he, and and all those guys in that room. They 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 work hard not just on the field, but you know they're uh, they're meeting on their own, they're watching film on their own. So they're doing all the right things, which obviously makes my job uh, you know a lot a lot
0: easier. Eric Meyer. Now, quarterbacks coach, pass game coordinator here on the Now, coach, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me. Just to remind those that maybe don't know about Eric Meyer, you ready for these statistics? He's—he's. He's, this is no exaggeration. He—he he is the most efficient quarterback in the history of the Big Sky Conference, and I don't even think it's close. This guy threw for ten thousand three hundred yards, which was a. Uh, a record that stood at Eastern Washington and in the big sky for a really long time. The only other guys that threw for more are Eastern Washington guys that have come after him playing in the same offense. But here's the ridiculous part. Eric Meyer threw 84 touchdowns and only 17 picks. His passer efficiency rating, 166.5. For those that don't know, 130 in college is good. 140 is great. 150, you're absolutely balling. 166 is like the game of your life. He did that in his career. I mean, 17 picks in 1,097 passes thrown? Crazy. But also just an interesting perspective to get on the challenges that are facing Cal Poly. Like I keep saying, though, when you got San Luis Obispo, one of the most beautiful towns you'll ever go to, you got one of the premier polytechnic schools in the country, you know, you got wine country, beer country, and the beach. You got plenty of, you know— Social activities and nice-looking gals. I mean, it's it's got it all down there at Cal Poly. So uh, it's not like a lot of other places where you're fighting against some stuff that's really uphill battles. They'll get it rolling there at Cal Poly. This might take a while. Let's hear from the man in charge. We're in the second half of the Big Sky Conference football slate and a whole bunch of games on the docket after a relatively light week a week ago and uh, our coverage previewing the game in Bozeman. Cal Poly at Montana State continues. Paul Wolf, the head coach of the Cal Poly Mustangs, joining us here uh, on ESPN Radio. Coach, appreciate the time, man. I know we talked to you uh, when you first got the job there at Cal Poly. Just take us through the last 8, 9, 10 months for you. I mean, what's it been like? What's it been like taking over a program again? And what have you thought of the progress you guys have made? Well, it's, it's been a, um, and we knew it, you know, kind of going into
3: this, it's, it's been a, a continued rebuild for the program just because of, uh, you know, what transpired, you know, three years ago, uh, moving from the triple option offense and, um, you know, changing the philosophies uh, schematically. And so, you know, we feel like from the, from the winter until now, we've, we've made some strides with just a few more able bodies, a, a little bit bigger, stronger, we're still a very youthful team and unfortunately we've we've had a few injuries that have kind of hit our key players this year so it's affected us a little bit at times obviously but we're growing i mean we're we're learning how to win we're, we're learning what it takes to be successful day in and day out even though sometimes the results aren't what we want um but i think we're battling and i, and I think that uh you know, down the second half of the season here, I, I think as we get a few guys back, I think we'll be a more and more competitive team week to week.
0: Well, it's been a, such a big narrative transitioning away from the triple option, especially when Cal Poly ran it for, for so many years. I mean, multiple head coaches, Rich Ellerson and Tim Walsh, both ran it there. And so some of the, the transition points uh, to the layman person, pretty obvious. Uh, but is there anything that's been surprising? Anything different that maybe you didn't expect it was going to be a challenge when it comes to this transition?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think that that when you go through something like this, you know, it wasn't just a triple option. It was also the defense, you know, and, and you look at that, that had to be completely redone. And I think that at times, you know, when they recruited in the past, they, it, it was a challenge to maybe recruit some defensive players because you know, young men didn't want to play against triple options every, every day in, in practice either if I'm a defensive player. And so just maybe the recruiting side and having to rebuild that as well on both sides, you know, a lot of times when you take over a new program, there's an opportunity. Like one side of the ball is stronger than the other, and, sure. And um, and you kind of build off of that. And and in this particular case, it, it really had both sides of the ball to kind of completely redo. And so um, that it just kind of puts you back a little bit further in, in your growth. Um, but you know, I, I do feel like we are we are kind of growing together defensively and offensively, and we're making strides. You know, we're just not where we need to be yet.
0: It's interesting because I hadn't thought about that element of it because Cal Poly had all these great linebackers, and and probably a part of that was because they were going against the triple option every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and and they had a run of linebackers there with, particularly with Coach Ellerson. They yes, were phenomenal, phenomenal football players, and and um, they did some great things. But uh, I just think that sometimes, you know, you get you get in a rut and. and in is, is is a program and i think that cal poly had done that and not that it was any person's fault it's just kind of where it was and um but there's been a, a you know a, a recommitment to growing the program and with john madden's family building us a new facility um and and administration decided that we're going to move football forward i i think that you're going to see a lot of positive things from cal poly football moving forward um you know we're still Working through this season with a youth, very youthful football team, but. But I do feel like the next few years, things are lining up to be a, a very competitive print
0: team. Well, certainly, I mean, as somebody that's covered the big sky for 17 years now, I've always thought, I mean, Cal Poly is definitely a place you could win. It's been proven that that could happen. I mean, they have been a playoff team very often, you know, during the early 2000s, even into the 2010s. So, and so many different things, great school, awesome campus, awesome town, some tradition, all that sort of stuff. So uh, when you know that you do have some of those advantages, though, Coach, is it is it hard to be patient? Or I guess how do you sort of manage, it, just understand it, where you're at as a program and continuing to grow, but not getting frustrated with, with where you're at.
3: Yeah, it, it is. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, <laughs> it's hard for me to be patient. You know, I've been in these situations before, but you, you just, you, you know where you want to be and get to. And sometimes there's just not a lot you can do to get there at this present time. Um, all you can do is is just make sure you are continually to grow. And uh, and eventually, you know, you just keep banging on that on that dam, and eventually it'll break. And and that's what we've got to do. We we just got to stay as positive as can, work extremely hard, and just keep keep chipping away, chipping away, and eventually we'll, we'll we'll have that breakthrough.
0: Paul Wolf here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. He's the head coach at Cal Poly. They are playing in Bozeman uh, on Saturday evening uh, at Bobcat Stadium against second-ranked uh, Montana State. Coach, when it comes to your quarterbacks, I know uh, you brought in Sam Heward, one of the most heralded recruits that the uh, the league has seen. Last couple of weeks, you've been playing Bo Kelly there as well, and they seem like a little bit different type of guys. So I just break that down for us. No need to reveal anything if there's any sort of stuff going on with the injuries or whatever. But I mean, what have you thought of just the way that your quarterback position has operated so far this year?
3: Well, yeah, early on with, with Sam, you know, there was some growing periods, although he still did well. And um, in the beginning, it was so we got through our first two, three games, and then he he got, actually, he got the flu extremely bad before we opened up the Portland State game, got him into the game, got hit and got a concussion on top of the flu or flu poisoning whatever he had. And so we have not had him for the last three games. And then Bo Kelly, a redshirt freshman, came in and really has grown and done some really nice things been really pleased with him. And he's going to be a a really good player for us uh, moving forward as well. So it's been encouraging to see him and then knowing that Sam's capable as well, that we have maybe two good quarterbacks that can really lead this football team. And and really, you know, from last year, we had Jaden Jones, who's coming off a knee injury that. Is, is still coming back off of that, so we feel pretty comfortable about the growth and where we're at at the quarterback position. So we've been relatively pleased. We're, you know, we're hoping to get Sam back this week. Um, it's it's been a little bit of a process, but but um, you know either way, um, both of them we feel can do the, the things we, we're trying to do. And so um, you know, hopefully we get to Saturday and, and and we can you know get some drives going and score some points.
0: When it comes to your offensive staff, I I actually knew about Sheldon Cross from back when he was at Idaho State, and then I know he has some connections with Sam from the high school days and now as your offensive coordinator. And I also find it interesting having Eric Meyer as well. I mean, when I first started covering the Big Sky, he was absolutely one of the best players in the country. So uh, great to to have a guy with that level of knowledge in the league and also that was such a productive player himself. So uh, how has that uh, continuity worked out? I mean, I know you you have a lot of offensive acumen as well. So I mean, what do you thought of just the offensive staff and the way you guys are kind of putting your heads together? to, to form ideas and, and execute the, those ideas?
3: Well, and it, it, it's a great question because, you know, it, not only, you know, Sheldon's new, we, Ryan Payne, offensive of line coach, is new, and we moved Ace of Jackson over to receivers. And so it's been a kind of a growing experience a little bit for us, and so we've made some adjustments as we've gone through the season just in terms of dividing things up and putting our heads together. But I feel like the potential is extremely good, and we've kind of learned to grow ourselves along with, you know, our players, and um, the one stat that's interesting when this football team, and so you're, as coaches, you're trying to find out who you really have, because 42 of our, our 110 players um, started this fall for the very first time at Cal Poly, and so when 40% of your roster is that new, um, to go through a, a season and expect, you know, those new players to be major players week in and week out, it's pretty hard to expect that, so we are a very youthful team overall. Um, and learning who we can trust or who are, is extremely dependable game in and game out, you know, we're still working on those things, you know, and so we're still evolving what we, what kind of personnels we like, who we feel can go in there and do the things we are trying to accomplish, and so it is truly moving parts all the time with us, um, and I feel that way as the coaching staff as well, um, just kind of getting adjusted to each other, getting adjusted to the players. Well, how about
0: the opponent this weekend then? Number two ranked team in the country, the defending Big Sky Conference champions. Uh, what do you think of this year's version of the Bobcats as you start to break them down?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, they're a, a great football team. You know, they're they're a team that uh, obviously can win a, a national title. And I know that, what that's like. You know, you get your program to a level where any given year, you know, the right things happen for you and you can win a national title. And that's really, really where they're at, you know. Whether they win one this year or next year or whatever the case may be, um, they're a very physical, experienced football team on both sides of the ball. And, and um, you know, they've, they've kind of got their system dialed in and and uh, they do a great job coaching, and they got great players. And to be honest with you, that's what it takes to win championships. And, um, and right now, that's where they're at. They've got it, and, um, and it's fun to watch them play. And, and uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be fun this Saturday, but, but I will tell you that uh, it is fun to watch them on film and to see how well they're doing. And uh, uh, I think they can compete with a lot of teams in the country.
0: Well, as a guy that uh, has so many uh, big sky ties like you do, and it has been in and out of the league for so long. I mean, you think back to when you were at Eastern Washington and and Mike Kramer was at Montana State trying to build it up. And uh, I mean, to me, as somebody that's covered him that whole time, it's been fascinating to watch. What's your perspective on him? What have you thought of just sort of the the rise of the program and then the progress that they've made over these last 20 years?
3: I just think you know their facilities. You know you, you've been able to um, go out and recruit players wherever you needed to in the country, so that just broadens your network of, of athletes to choose from. And then you have the facilities that will attract the players there now. Um, You know, and and they've done a a very good job developing the players that are there. So it's a combination of of the facility growth, the commitment internally to make sure the players are being developed. And once you do that over a two-, three-, four-year period, the results will start to show up. And I think that's where you're at, you know, in Montana State. You've got the facilities in place. You've got the willingness to develop the players internally. Um, you got quality coaches. And so, so when you put all that together, um, you know that's a great formula for success at any 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 school.
0: Absolutely. Uh, last couple of things for you. I mean, no secret of what Montana State wants to do to be successful. They want to run the ball right at you. They're going to run it until you stop it, and a lot of people can't really ever stop it, so they just keep on running it. So, uh, how do you go about just sort of mentally preparing yourself uh, for that matchup? And how do you hope your your guys sort of embrace that part of the
1: challenge?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I, I mean, they've been able to score points at will, and and um, i see them obviously you're not going to stop them um you you know you you hopefully you play really good football and you're extremely disciplined and you prevent a lot of the big plays and and um keep them from scoring real quick uh which they have that ability and um because they can run away from you, you know quickly and then off, you know and then so that's going to be our challenge is is to be able to keep things as much as possible in front of us without giving up a lot of big plays and you know, you, hopefully you, you create enough, and you can create some turnovers, and and find some field position in there for your offense. And you know, that's the best chance you got to go in there and, and to try to stay, you know, stay in a game and try to be in a game in the fourth quarter.
0: Keys for you guys uh, in this one as you make the trek to Bozeman.
3: Again, you know, trying trying to make them earn their yards and earn their points versus giving up easy, cheap ones. And then, offensively, we're we're just going to have to convert when we have third down opportunities. We got to take care of the football for sure, and we're we're going to have to be able to make some routine plays. You know, and if we play sloppy, which at times we have done that, it'll be a long day for us. We we cannot play sloppy. We've got to be able to go in there and execute the basics. You know, our basics. And if we do that, you know, that'll that'll keep us in the game.
0: Paul Wolf, head coach of the Cal Poly Mustangs. They play at Bobcat Stadium on Saturday evening. Coach, appreciate the time, man. I always love catching up, and uh, thanks for being here. Best of luck on Saturday, and safe travels. All
3: right, Colter, I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day,
0: visit jschulteilaw.com. Hey!
1: It's Nu-on is Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
4: Nu-on is Now, ESPN Radio. As well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. I'm Andrew and Coulter Nuanes will be back with you for segment number three here to finish out the first hour. I know Coulter wants to talk about the McLemore concert last night at the Adams Center, uh, so we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But wow, what an experience! I was down there as well. I actually had pit tickets down there at the Adams Center for McLemore last night. Great show, great energy. I know Colter Nwanez I want to discuss that in a couple minutes as well, so look forward to that coming up in segment number three. We're right now switching gears from the gridiron to the pitch, talking a little Montana Grizzlies soccer. Chris Chitavitsky joined me earlier in the week. Montana Grizzlies, I know I said the Idaho game a couple weeks ago was a big game. They've got a really big game tonight as well. Grizz soccer kicking off. At Northern Arizona in Flagstaff 8 p.m. Mountain Time tonight on ESPN Plus. Here's Chris Chinavisky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, talking about the week that's coming up for the Grizz. Well the weeks keep going on and Montana Soccer keeps piling up the results. Two more wins for Montana Soccer over the weekend, two to one over Weber State, one nothing over Idaho State. Takes the Grizz to three wins in a row. Three wins and one draw overall in four Big Sky Conference games. Joining us as he does every week to talk a little Montana Grizzlies soccer, it's head coach Chris Chinovitsky. Chris, thanks for being here. I'm back
5: and I'm excited.
4: Our Grizz Soccer segment is brought to you as always by Camby Taphouse. Grizz Soccer out of town this weekend but they'll finish up the regular season with two more games next week at South Campus Stadium. We'll be teaming up with Tap Taphouse to give you two tickets to each of those games here on Nuanez Now, as well as a $25 gift card to Cammie Taphouse. Remember, Cammie Taphouse, two locations in the Garden City Sawmill District, as well as down there on South Higgins, right across from South Campus Stadium. Chris, two more wins this week. I think, uh, you know, they were in doubt until the end. But what did you take away from just getting those those one-goal results and moving on and putting up, uh, you know, six points this weekend?
5: Yeah, just another reminder of how tight conference play is, right? And as much as we prep and you look at everybody's previous games and you start seeing, all right, these are the patterns and these are the formations that they play in and then they show up and it's like, well, we weren't ready for that. Like, like, we've never seen that before. And so it's always interesting just to see how teams show up against us and then having to think on the fly to get... New solutions, and I feel like the team's adjusted well every single time we've gone into high time and said, hey, let's try to tweak this and tweak this and continue, you know, putting the pressure on and try to win the game. And so overall, I mean, it's, it's stressful with conference play because every game is tight, but I'm happy that we're getting the results.
4: You mentioned, I think, especially in the postgame, that Idaho State on Sunday showed you a look different than what you had seen from them on tape, something different from what you guys were preparing for, and you guys had to leave that when late Maddie did as winner comes in the final 15 minutes of the game to get Montana Grizzlies soccer a one nothing win. What was it like having to adjust specifically in that game? What, what different things did they show you, and how were you guys able to adjust to that?
5: Yeah, they just defended the, I would say, middle of the field really well. So it took away our midfield at times when it comes to the way that we want to play. Uh, even Maddie Ditto was meeting with me yesterday, and she's like, you know what, every time I turn the corner, somebody was saying, hey, stay on her, stay on her, got to stay on your mark, don't let him go. So, I mean, Maddie Ditto could have run off the field to go to the toilet and would have been followed into the toilet. So um, it was just really close man marking system, and so the adjustments – because Weaver did the same thing. And so we spent two days looking at all right, how do you lose a mark? How do you roll up into different spaces? How do you pull them out so that you can open up spaces for somebody else? And you can see that in the goal where Matty Didda's rolled out of space. Mia's played the ball into sit, has then found Didda underneath, who at this point has lost a mark, and off we go to goal. And so, yeah, it's just I'm so thrilled to coach a team where you can give them high level points to execute and they can go out there and do it. Um, Again, it's just so much fun to coach
4: them. Well, and they have to have a lot of trust on the field as well because if you go back and, and look at that Idaho State goal, it's, it's Maddie Didda who's been playing sort of on the, on the back half of midfield for you guys, making a huge long run into the box, and that's the kind of thing, like you're saying, you have to do to pull the man-marking system out of shape, but at the same time, right, you have to trust that somebody's going to be back covering for her.
5: Yeah, exactly, right? Because if you lose it, you're in trouble. And that's we, uh, we've spent a lot of time also focusing on what uh, we call a rest defense, which is how you defensively set up while you're attacking. Because every team is going to clear the ball, right? Soccer is a game of one, two, three goals at most probably. So if you're attacking and they clear it and you allow them to counter and it flows down the other end, all of a sudden we're running forwards and now we're running the full length of the field backwards. So we spend a ton of time with our outside backs and our holding midfielders of as we're attacking, What does the shape look like so that the clearances don't come out? The clearance did come out, and it was Riley Carolyn who's intercepted it, that has gone over to Charlie, did a back to Mia, and all of a sudden we're out and we're scoring a goal. And that's, again, kudos to the back line on having a good rest defense shape um, just to make sure that we could attack again and that nothing just you know flows from one side of the field to the other. If we're attacking, we want to lock them in. We don't want them to
4: come out. As mentioned, two wins over the weekend for Montana Grizzlies soccer, at South Campus Stadium. It's Chris Chinovichke, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer program, joining us here on Nuanez now to break that down and look ahead to next week. But Chris, as we're looking ahead to next week, where do things stand in the big sky right now? We mentioned that takes you to three wins and one draw in four conference games. You guys still have a game or two in hand on just about everybody in the league. Where do you stand right now? What's it looking like?
5: Um, before I get into that, just a quick shout-out to local Missoula kid, Aisley Allen, who plays at Idaho State. I think she's looking awesome for that year after year. and just wanted to say, you know, Sentinel grad, it's awesome to see another Missoula kid playing in the league, getting significant minutes and doing well. So shout-out to her because she's awesome. Um, but going back into the league, we're exactly halfway through it. right? So if you looked at it and you were like, all right, you're 3-0-1. If we finish this back half for the segment 3-0-1, we win the league outright. If we finish the segment 3-1-0, and oh, we probably share the league with somebody else, but we're going to finish first, tied with somebody else. Anything below that, then we're going to have a problem. So now we're looking at second or third or fourth. So if we can replicate what we did on the front hive of it and the back hive, we should be winning the league. And that's an exciting spot to be in. Um, but we're also facing Portland State, who's currently first. NAU is tied with us on points, uh, even though we have a game in hand. And so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult. But it's nice to know that if we just replicate, then we're we're walking away with a trophy.
4: That back half of the season starts on Thursday for the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. A game that I think a lot of people have had circled because Northern Arizona has been really good the last couple of years. You guys going down the Flagstaff on Thursday, then up to Greeley to play Northern Colorado on Sunday. But I want to focus on that first game of the weekend. Northern Arizona is a, a, a really good team.
5: Yes, yeah, 100% agree. And they have such a great environment. I mean, besides ours, I would say that's the second-best soccer environment in the Big Sky because they have the lights. They can do it under the lights at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. And it's, it's just, it, they pack it. They pack the stadium. They've got the band going. They're a team who plays good soccer, um, aggressive high press. And so it's, um, I don't know, a tough place to go and play, but at the same time a thrill because it's it's such a high-level environment to be in plus the altitude actually makes it a high-level
4: environment. Yeah, Northern Arizona, that game kicking off 8 p.m. Mountain Time on Thursday. So you can watch Thursday night football, let that wrap up, and then you can probably kick it over to the Montana Grizzlies soccer game on ESPN Plus for at least the second half of that game. Chris, a little bit more intrigue in that game as well because two of your players from last year now playing for Northern Arizona – Allie Larson and Molly Massman transferring in the off season. does that add any any juice to it for you? Yeah,
5: I'm sure it adds juice. Like, when you look at it from a perspective, um, I guess, of somebody who's just watching it from the outside. But for us, as I'm sure it is for them, it just has to maintain... it. You've got to have the right headspace, right? You've got to approach it in a professional way, which is execute the job and do the job. Um, and not necessarily, oh, i got to do a little bit extra in this setting. Because every time you try to do a little bit extra, as we found with this team over the years, then you, you end up doing things that you shouldn't do. Um, and so it's just classic Bill Belichick, right, uh, when he had Tom Brady, not right now. Think of Patriots with Brady and Belichick to do your job. If you do your job correctly, you're going to be all right. And I'm sure they're going to get the same message in the locker room there of, it's exciting to play Montana and it's under the lights. And we got two players that came over from there. But ah, if you make it emotional, then all of a sudden the game gets out of control. And so I think it'll be, it's going to be a heck of a game. I'll tell you that.
4: And then wrapping up the weekend with Northern Colorado on the road in Greeley. And I remember, you know, a couple years ago, the Bears were playing for conference championships. They're high up in the league. Well, this year they don't have a win still. Zero wins, 11 losses, four draws in 15 games for Northern Colorado. How do you approach a game like that? And yet you played a, a winless team last week in Weber State, and it ended up being a close one, 2-1 to one to finish, where you guys are sort of defending that lead late. How do you approach a game like that against a team that struggled so hard?
5: Yeah, you got to—they uh, were tied 0-0 with Northern Arizona at five times. you you got to attack them, right? You've got to go at them um, and try to score goals early and score goals often. And once one's in, you just got to keep going. Because teams like that will often have belief while the game is close. But if you put one or two in, that belief disappears very quickly because of just the psychological state that you're in as a team in that moment. But Tim Barrera has always been one of my favorite coaches in the league, and I know he does an exceptionally good job. So, um, yeah, Northern Colorado is Northern Colorado, man. I'm never going to write them off because of the coach that they have. I think he's tremendous. He's an absolute legend in this league, and I personally look forward to seeing him because he's one of my favorite people to see every year.
4: Chris Chinovitsky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, joining us on to now to give us a rundown, the weekly update of what's going on over there at South Campus Stadium. Chris, before I let you go, I just, I've been having fun asking you about specific players from week to week. Somebody who's been a little bit under the radar, but in fact her goal against Weber State, a milestone. Cindy Halstein, her 10th career goal, for Montana on Thursday against Weber State. She's fallen under the radar a little bit, I think, because she's she's been around so long. But what have you thought of Sydney Howstein in the midfield this year? I mean, she's scored. That was her fourth goal of the season, so she's getting forward. I think she's been really clean in the midfield. What can you say about a player like that who's, who's just been there for so long, and especially with Mesa Walters out now with an injury, really probably the most experienced player on the team?
5: Yeah, we call her Grandma Sid for a reason, right? She's just been around forever, and she's like little and petite like an older grandmother. So <laughs> um, we, we uh, have a lot of fun with Sid. But if you look at the stats, she's actually leading the team in goals. We've been so spread out, so many people have three, that she has now popped ahead and is leading the team with four goals. Um, and she met with me the other day, and we looked at a lot of her distribution and just said, listen, Sid, you're playing balls that you think people should be. Like, all right, I see why you played. it played that person and why you think that person should have been there but if that's not within her strengths and why are you playing it because you're turning it over and so despite the fact that she had four goals she had one assist and i needed her to link the game more in uh, in other words the, the game should flow through her right and not end with her that we had it and now the other team has it because you played it into a space that wasn't on so i need you to play balls so that the game continues flowing through you and to see her take that advice and give the exact ball to Maddie Ditta that she needed, that plays to her strengths and her speed, that set up that goal was so freaking cool to see. So um, yeah, excited for Sid. Love meeting with her. Love sitting down with her and just giving her little coaching points like that and seeing her apply it immediately. And uh, her nickname behind the scenes is Sneaky Sid. And so yeah, you're right, under the radar completely. But then you look at the stats, you're like, oh wow, she's actually leading the team in goals. And then she got that assist and. Yeah, sneaky
4: Sid doing sneaky things. Yeah, beautiful little flick from Sydney House. Dean did it for that game winner on Sunday as well against Idaho State. Chris Chidavisky joining us as he does every week on Nuanez Now to talk Montana Grizzlies soccer. Grizz again, three wins, one draw through four Big Sky Conference games. Games in hand still on a bunch of other teams in the league going into the back half of the conference season. Chris, thanks for your time as always. Good catching up with you. Good luck this week. Safe travels. Thank you, and
5: uh, looking forward to, if this week goes well, hopefully getting two massive crowds, especially if the game comes down to the Portland State Sunday game. Also then winning the title, it would be nice to get a 1,000-plus people at that game.
4: Well, we'll talk about those games next week with Chris Chinovitsky. We'll also have tickets to give away on Duane's now for those two Grizz Soccer regular season finale games against Sac State and Portland State. Last one could decide the conference title. So you'll want to make sure you're listening to Nuanez now next week to get a chance to win those tickets along with a $25 gift card to Tap Taphouse. Chris, thanks. Thank you. Beautiful. There you go, a little update on Grizz Soccer. Grizz Soccer again on the road this week. At Northern Arizona tonight, 8 p.m. kickoff, Mountain Time. And then going up to Greeley to take on Northern Colorado on Sunday. A little extra Grizz Soccer news here before I get you out. Uh, Big class of 2025 commit for Grizz Soccer announced yesterday. Addison Stendera, a defender from uh, the Seattle area from Kent, Washington, announcing her commitment to the Montana Grizzlies on Instagram. This is a big one, folks. Addison Stendera. She's had time with both the U16 and U15 United States Women's National Teams. She's rated the number 1 commitment in the class of 2025 in the state of Washington by at least one outlet. She's one of the top, maybe the top recruits in the state in the in the entire Pacific Northwest in her class. So a huge get for the Montana Grizzlies women's soccer team. Uh, I mean, if you're playing U16 Women's National Team, That's a 23-person roster. That means more or less you're one of the consensus best, 25 best players in the country in your age group. Addison Stendera's been doing that for the last couple of years, and she just announced her commitment to Montana Grizzlies soccer yesterday. You can go to my Twitter if you want to find out a little bit more about that, at AndrewH202. Broke the news on there and added a little bit more about the newest Montana Grizzlies soccer commitment We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Colter Nuanez will be back in the studio. He just had to step out for a couple minutes. I think he wants to talk about the Macklemore show last night. We might also start guessing the lines for the NFL this weekend. We'll get to that in the second hour as well. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio.
1: is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula.
0: is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. The confession I need to make is that uh, my, my soon-to-be wife is a huge Atlanta Braves fan, and uh, I very much like this Braves team. I got to see Spencer Strider strike out 11 in San Francisco in an awesome effort, When I was down there getting engaged, and the uh, Braves play the Phillies in Philadelphia tonight, and Spencer Schreiner's on the bump, all those things point toward Atlanta extending the series, even though it's in Philly, yet my confession is that I must say I think that the Phillies might win tonight, and this actually might cause me to not be getting married soon. So, so I'm trying to navigate this. We'll see. I, I think if, uh, if if the betting ticket on the Phils gets found in the pants pocket when we're doing the laundry, it might not be very good for me. So might just have to make a sneaky bet. Or maybe I'll just leave it alone. Maybe I'll just preach about it on the radio and not, not put my $5 on Philly. We'll see. Or maybe I'll just do the right thing karmically and just bet on the Braves. And if they lose, then I'm $5 poorer. And if they win, then... I get to still have a wife. <laughs> uh, the the uh, other confession I got to make is that uh, Ryan Toutel was certainly right. So, Andrew, whenever you're ready, you can just call up old Gus. Uh, for those that don't know the background, Ryan Toutel the first of all, founder of the uh, Daily Sports Talk Show here in Missoula, and then he and Tucker Sargent did it for a while, and he and I did it for several years, and uh, then he passed it along to me. And he still contributes at both – uh, ESPN Radio and Skyline Sports. Um, from time to time, probably not as much as I would like, but uh, certainly we're working on the uh, the prevalence of that. But One of our great arguments when we did the show, uh, we did the show between 2017 and 2020 together, and uh, one of the most listened to artists on the show was Macklemore. Uh, Ryan has deep ties in in Seattle and Tacoma area. Macklemore, of course, from Seattle at Macklemore also had two smash albums like right during that time. So we played him a lot on the show and I used to always uh, argue that Macklemore is really good and and certainly relatively famous, but that a a good, probably a good portion of our audience didn't necessarily know who he was. Well, I went to the Adams center last night and there was not a ticket to be had. Uh, Every single seat was sold out and, uh, it was lit. It was one of the most fun atmospheres I've ever been in in a concert in Missoula, and that's not even an exaggeration. If you listen to this show, you know I go to concerts all the time. I'm, you know, 10-plus a year, and a good year, maybe even as many as 20 concerts in a year. I've been to all sorts of awesome acts in Missoula, whether it's the Rolling Stones or Elton John or Paul McCartney or Pearl Jam or Guns N' Roses, all the great shows at the Amphitheater. Last night was one of the most fun I've ever had, truly. And then they weren't even serving beer, <laughs> so you know it was good. We got Ryan on the line. So, Ryan, I had to, had to bring you on just to confess that I am incorrect way more than my estimated one-third of our listening audience knows who Macklemore is. In fact, <laughs> maybe, maybe everybody in Missoula knows who Macklemore is, but what a night. I had to just confess to you on live radio.
1: Yeah, the only two members of our listening audience who don't know is our mothers. <laughs> that's, that's the whole list of people who don't know who macklemore is and we also as we uh cross this threshold i think it's worth pointing out another first in the history of this show you admitting that you're wrong about something oh I mean, come my god on. this is the first time it's ever happened i'm so <laughs> proud of you like this is a this is like a huge personal step forward in your character development culture and i'm just thrilled to be a part of this
0: thing oh my gosh it, anybody that listens to the show knows that when I'm right, I definitely brag about it. But when I'm wrong, I definitely admit it. I certainly always call myself out when I'm wrong, and certainly correct my stories when they're not right. So uh, while we got well, you, while we got you here, Gus, let's let's actually talk a little bit of sports because when I was talking to you earlier, your parting yeah. words to me was "Go Phillies." Uh, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking about oh, this. You as a human, if you could possibly have the talent to be a baseball player. You would be a Philadelphia Philly.
1: Dude, I'm telling you <laughs> what, man. Like, here's the thing, dude. I, you know, everybody knows, you know, the type of crowd, the type of fan base that you get in Philadelphia. And I, I love it. You know what I mean? Because they're not here. They do, they do not suffer fools. And that's why I think Bryce Harper is the perfect Philly. Man, like, yep. he's in there. He doesn't care one way or another how it's going down, like, in terms of the fans to him. But he rises to the moment in a way that it's, it's so hard to do in baseball, man. Like, Jordan Alvarez is, it did it last year, like, did it to the Mariners and did it the whole way through the postseason. The Astros win the World Series. But, like, dudes who just show up in that moment and actually do it in a sport where your, your failure rate is way higher than your success rate and then for Bryce Harper to show up and go out twice, make the stare down around second base both times and just be like, yep, this is what I do. My daughter was watching with me. She's like, Dad, he's not even happy. I was like, oh, he's happy. He just just expects it. You know, he expects it, and it's insane. I, I love the Phillies right now. Well, that's the best
0: part about this Phillies team is they are so on brand for Philadelphia. I mean, it's it's not just Bryce Harper. It's Kyle Schwarber. You know, I mean, it's Nick Castellanos. They have so many guys that are just so Philadelphia on their team, and I think that I mean, I think that's why Philly's always going to show out and show up. But they, this this team they particularly love, and that's why they're the hottest team in the playoffs right now.
1: Ryan you're, might be here. Oh, you're here. Good. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. We had a little. We had a little get out. But no, you're you're completely right, dude. And the other thing that I love about Philadelphia is like. You know, baseball is the, it's the most, it's sort of the calmest, right, of the sports, it seems like. You know what I mean? It's it's the uh, strategy of it, but there's also the moments of it. But in a town like Philadelphia, in the postseason, if you get a baseball stadium that's just rocking, it's as good as it gets. And I'm telling you, like, the atmosphere tonight, the first pitch, 6 o'clock mountain time, it's going to be it's going to be as good an environment as you're going to find in sports, man, is is the Phillies in Citizens Bank Park and that and those fans looking to, by the way, get rid of the best team in baseball in the 104 win Atlanta Braves, a division rival, by the way. And this is I, I just think it doesn't get any better than that. So, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm far more excited about that than I am about the Kansas City 30-point win over Denver that's happening also simultaneously tonight.
0: No doubt about it. What do you think? You got like five more minutes? Can we take a break and bring you back this for a sec?
1: Oh, dear. I got all – I mean, you know me. I'm retired. I mean, you used to see my empire, and I handed the keys off so I could go camping at Corpus Christi. I got nothing but time. So let's go.
0: Let's go. Uh, Big shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They are just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula again, and it's no surprise. Shine has over 220 – Five star reviews. That's actually more reviews than all the detail shops combined. They're celebrating by giving the next three callers a $50 gift card. If you want a great experience with car detailing, call Shine Auto Detailing. Don't call us though, call them, 207 3599. That's 406 207 3599. Call now, you get 50 bucks from Shine Auto Detailing. Talking all things Little Brown Stein on the other side, Jason Eckel joined us, but first, we're just gonna replicate the conversation we had earlier. Ryan Tutel stays on the line with me, Coulter Nuanas. This is Nuanas now, ESPN Radio.